You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is a venue in which my pal Handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on July 30th, 2023, Aaron and I find ourselves with a belly full of weird Canadian stories that involve food. We have a Donaire costume, some ketchup chips, we have a $20,000 drink of milk, and then we wash it all down with another sad story of a Canadian senior being scammed. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. It's Sunday, the la- I think it's the last day of July. No, tomorrow is Monday, the 31st of July. Today is still the 30th. Mm-hmm. It's, almost, right. it's almost August. Summer's flying by, right? <laughs> it's unreal. It's I try the- not to think too much about it. I don't know. But, but as like a, a dad with kids on summer break, you know, there's a bit of positives to summer going by fast. It's very loud at my house. Oh, it's too loud, is it? Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered telling your kids to shut up? I do often they don't listen mm-hmm. i don't they know they don't listen so why do you think that is do you think uh they don't respect you uh my father tells me that i didn't listen as a kid and the cosmos are getting revenge on all the misbehavior karma i earned as a teenager so i'm getting it back so you think this is genetic yeah i do think it's genetic i think i was a bad seed and i'm raising two bad seeds here well you know you can stop that you can end this cycle by not having had children. Yeah, that's right. And ended the bloodline of misbehavior. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> uh, too late. Let's move on. Aaron, how are you? Good, my friend. I'm very good. I'm um, excited. We Well, what's new is we're recording tonight. That's exciting <laughs> because mm-hmm. we did not record last weekend because you were gallivanting in PEI. I was. I was in PEI and the, the Wi-Fi was spotty. I didn't have time to really find weird stuff. I had my head firmly mm-hmm. in the sands of not weird. It was just very average there. You were living a normal life in PEI with your family, the yeah. family that you openly hate, as you just stated <laughs> on this podcast. Uh your children, uh, your wife, uh, all of them. That may be wrong. That may be a mischaracterization of what I said, but... Well, it's how I interpreted it, and it's okay. how the listeners will as well. And let's just put that in the official nighttime record books that you and your family are soon going to part ways. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Mm-hmm. That was a step too far. Let's move on. That, that <laughs> clip is going to stay on the cutting room floor. floor. No, don't Dear. edit that out. <laughs> if you edit that out, I will walk off this oh, show. Oh, don't, st- <laughs> don't. Let's not do that again. I uh, want all the listeners to call in and and, and demand that that I, I not be censored by telling the truth about Jordan and his family. <laughs> I just want to hear what's new with you. Is there anything going on? Oh, you want to know that. Okay. <laughs> I forgot what the I'm question tr- I'm was. trying to distract you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's new? Not much. I'm on vacation. Okay. But it's more of a staycation. I have no travel plans. Uh, I don't live a luxurious lifestyle like you. I can't just go to PEI whenever I want, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's a shame. Uh, but I'm coming down to see you soon. So don't worry. Yeah, we're yeah. going to live it up this summer. Uh, before we talk about what we're going to do when we're together, and before we get into the weird news stories, I want to just roll out the red carpet for some listeners of Keep Canada Weird, members of Keep Canada Weird Nation, who had some opinions, thoughts, and messages to share with us. Uh, let's hear from Lars. Lars has some thoughts on a prior story. You remember DJ Marty McFly, of course, the mm-hmm. DJ, the guy who went around the park uh, playing music on his like kind of homemade turntable thing that incorporated a stroller and all this nonsense. Uh, Lars wants to weigh in on him. Listen to this. All right. Hey there. This is Lars from Seattle calling in. Talk to you about a couple things real quick. First thing was uh, I wanted to reference a story you guys did a couple weeks back. I think it was DJ Marty McFly. He was going around and uh, spoiling the nice natural environment with different styles of music. And I would just like to bring to your attention a playlist that Washington State put out several years ago. I believe it was a Spotify playlist, and it was entitled Good Songs to Play While You're Hiking. 
And guess what was on that list? Nothing. An empty playlist. Just like you should experience when you're out there. Maybe DJ Marty McFly needs to know about that playlist. And on a side note, I'm just wondering, I've never heard it referenced here. Are you guys fans of the Red Green Show? Because for a long time, that was my only reference to Canada. Anyway, thanks. Take care. Keep Canada weird. Bye. We will keep Canada weird, Lars. Uh, yeah. I-, I love that idea of the playlist with nothing on it. Yeah, someone should let Marty McFly know about that. Because that is yeah. the appropriate playlist. That's it. That's absolutely. I mean, I I do when I go hiking on trails and and things, which I do a lot of. Uh, I do listen to podcasts. I listen to music, but I have my my earbuds in. It's a very private situation, just between me and what I'm listening to. Nobody else can hear it, mm-hmm. and I mind my own business on these trails. Mm-hmm. Uh- Lars also asks us about the Red Green Show. For people who mm-hmm. aren't in I think Canadians will recall the Red Green Show. It was a show that was on TV for years on, on Canadian TV. It was a Canadian produced show. Uh, but I think it's kind of been overshadowed in a, in a way by the Trailer Park Boys. Although it's like they're very different, but it's like when you think of like kind of like Canadian TV, I think a lot of people now will think of Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, Trailer Park Boys definitely had a bigger audience, especially internationally, than the Red Green show. So, yeah, so in that sense, I guess, in terms of low-budget Canadian television that uh, people maybe are familiar with, then, yeah, Trailer Park Boys is a much bigger show. I mean, especially with the, you know, Red Green came out before streaming, Netflix, you know amazon prime all of these things that might have taken a show like red green and brought it to a really big audience and that's what happened with trailer park boys mm. is that they did start that show long before netflix and, and everything like that however uh the show eventually you know ended up on netflix and then that's what really made the show blow up hmm. yeah um and are we fans of Red Green Show? As a kid, I was. His mm-hmm. thing was like he could fix anything, or he would fix anything with duct tape, and with it was just tape, yeah. these weird, meandering kind of uh, self monologues he'd have, like walking around like his cabin and stuff. I did dig that show. I have mm-hmm. a feeling it would not age well. That's what I was just thinking about because I used to watch it every. It was you know every week I used to watch the Red Green Show. I really mm-hmm. liked it. Has how has it aged? I have no idea. I remember, and and it probably doesn't age well. It it always reminded me of the Canadian Home Improvement. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The Canadian version of Home Improvement with Tim Allen. Yeah, except Red Green was more of like um, a a theater show, and I guess you'd put it in the sitcom category, but mm-hmm. it really was. It was more like a variety show, mm-hmm. like kind of sketches and 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 stand up and uh you know different it, characters almost like the peewee herman show was peewee's yes. playhouse peewee herman meets home improvement but set in like manitoba or something mm-hmm. i guess um and i remember the tagline at the end was always uh if they don't find you handsome, you handsome they should at least find you handy you yeah know, talking mm-hmm. about you know people's wives or whatever mm-hmm. so it's again it, there's probably some aspects of it that wouldn't survive the filters of today but Mm -hmm. i i am gonna see if i can youtube some red green tonight just to see what it feels like now thank you for the reminder lars i hadn't thought about that show in years um but we can't sit here and reminisce about television we have a job to do we have a mission we have a mandate passed down from the government to keep canada weird by seeking out highlighting and celebrating the weird Canadian news stories that took place over the last week. And tonight, we have a bit of a special. Tonight, I think, is going to become a food special. That's because we're going to be talking about a long drive for some decent, only decent chips. We're going to talk about that Donaire costume in the news. We're going to hear a tale of some very expensive milk. And then we're going to end it all with another sad story of another scammed Canadian senior citizen. Handsome Aaron Airport, what is your favorite type of chips? Ah, uh, that's a really tough question, you know. Um, 
I'm a I'm a Cool Ranch Doritos fan. Ooh, Those I are in my em. top three. Yeah, I love them. I like sweet chili heat Doritos. I guess we're Doritos guys. But I'm also a sour cream and bacon fan. Okay, ruffles, I, sour cream, and bacon are are up there. And my and one of my all time favorites is party mix. Really? Uh, that's just like a salty mess for me. I don't like party mix. I can you give me a bag of sweet chili heat Doritos and you won't hear from me for a half hour. Unless I need a drink of water, because they they are spicy and they yeah, and you're, you'll hear from you when you're screaming on the toilet an hour later. That's oh when you'll hear from you. What I'm the reason I brought <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you're like you're shocking tonight. Um, you know, uh, is this vacation? You you're just letting it all hang out. Good lord, I'm just you know what it might be. No, what is I don't it? know if this is too much personal information. Oh, to here share. we go. It probably is, but do it. Um, so what's really going on in my life right now is, and what the listeners don't know about me, I hate to admit it, but I'm a smoker. Uh-oh. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know, you and I were, are, are both, we're, we're both smokers, right? I, I quit smoking about 17 years ago. Yeah. Years and years ago. Yeah. 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 So I also quit smoking, you know, in 2011, I think. And I was off them for 10 years, but then during the pandemic, uh, when life really slowed down and I was struggling to find anything to do with my time, <laughs> I started smoking again. Okay. And uh, I've recently just quit. Oh, so you're going through some stuff. Okay. So it could, it could, you know, kind of, uh, not that I feel like intensely irritable or anything, but that might be kind of more of a you know a contributing factor yeah i'm not i think i'm really... sensing it you you are a bit on edge but that's okay we're gonna wear that edge down with the weird stories we're have to we're gonna have to highlight the reason i brought up chips is because one of my favorite news stories of over the last week involves chips and i think we can consider this weird this involves an american father-son duo who drove for two days in an old army jeep just to buy some ketchup chips in canada we talked about this before you can't buy ketchup chips outside of canada it's a uniquely canadian phenomenon well richard lieberman and his 15 year old son jacob as i mentioned drove an old decommissioned army jeep at could only go maximum 70 kilometers an hour they drove it from virginia to niagara falls ontario the home of marine land over 10 hours <laughs> Just to get 40 bags of ketchup chips at the no frills. Listen to this. The home of Marine Land. Everybody loves Marine Land. When I hear Niagara no, Falls, don't. Ontario, listen to this. How far would you go to get your favorite snack? Well, in the case of one man and American father and son duo, the answer was all the way to Canada. And it was just to stock up on ketchup chips. Look at that. Rich Lieberman, his 15-year-old son, Jacob, drove from Virginia to Niagara Falls, Ontario, where they loaded up a cart with 40 bags of chips. They say yes, they could have ordered them online, but the trip was way more fun. So much fun that they plan to do it again next year. Richard, Reshmi, you're going to now have to give me each your favorite snack that you would drive that far for. Reshmi? Oh, I mean, ketchup chips is up there. I don't care what the news broadcaster's favorite chips are, but uh, mm -mm. I've heard yours. You heard mine. I want to put a call out to listeners. If you haven't tried ketchup chips and you're really interested, I would be willing to send a bag of ketchup chips to an American or an international listener of Nighttime, an international listener of Keep Canada Weird, an international member of the Keep Canada Weird Army in exchange for a review that we can air on this show. I am curious because I don't think they're all that special. I certainly wouldn't drive from Virginia to Niagara Falls, Ontario for a bunch of ketchup chips. See, in this situation, though, I think this trip is less about the chips and more about the trip, the father son mm -hmm. bonding trip. And it's more of just an excuse to go somewhere. So why don't we, you know, like they probably do have, they do really enjoy ketchup chips. They probably can't get them where they're at. Why don't we make a road trip and we'll have some fun and we'll and we'll stop in different places along the way and and it's a father son situation you know yeah. that that, that I, seems I like get, they enjoy it. I can get behind that. Yeah, normally I would really take a big dump on a story like this and uh, 
normally I would berate these people for what they're doing. But you've and, gone and soft. No, I just I, I feel like this this is really so little to do with the chips. Okay. I almost see this as like a road trip movie, you know, like from the late 90s or something mm-hmm. where they're just off to go get something. But it's not really about that something. It's about the journey yeah. along the way and everything they learned. Oh, and so that's what I think is really going is, on here. That is deep and that is nice. I, like, I think it's, it's like a wow. warm blanket. Yeah, uh, I like that. So maybe not weird, maybe heartwarming. Mm-hmm. Inspirational mm-hmm. even. I I feel fuzzy about this one. Well, here's another food story, and let's see if you can find the beauty in this. This okay. <laughs> this involves a Donaire costume that I don't think is beautiful. Any costume that's very realistic, especially if it's like a food costume or an animal, I just find it weird. Well, the Alberta government is hosting a surplus auction, selling off some of their old stuff, uh, which shouldn't be very interesting. It should be a bunch of filing cabinets and you know office crap. But one of the items they have for sale has generated tremendous interest. It's a realistic looking Donaire costume that comes complete with replica meat, onions, tomatoes, lettuce, Donaire sauce, and it all looks like something you can eat. It looks like a giant Donaire. Listen to the news story. Donaires are something you eat in Halifax, but in Alberta, it seems there's something you can wear. A human-sized Donaire costume is up for grabs, but the price is going up by the hour. The Alberta government is auctioning off the costume, which was initially purchased to be used in a drug-impaired traffic safety PSA in 2015, but was never used. The California company that created it believes it cost between $12,000 and $15,000. Creator Tony Gardner recalls getting the order and witnessing a passionate debate what the contents should actually be, how the, the finish on the meat should look, um, if there should be lettuce or not in it. That was like a huge thing, apparently. The listing says the costume is in excellent condition, just dusty. At last check, bids were in the $5,000 range. The auction is live until August 14th, so there's still time to bring the donaire home to Halifax. Before we get into it, one quick update. That are that news story is from a couple of days ago. They said the bidding was at five thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. When I checked this morning, bidding for this right now is at sixteen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I find that absolutely absurd. That 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 much money is being coughed up for this outfit. Yeah, well, it it would be it is an expensive looking costume. It would cost a lot of money to make something like that. My thought though is, if you're commissioning a costume for like they were making it uh, for a commercial or something, you have a budget to make a commercial and you need costumes, so you can spend the money to make the costume. But other than like commissioning one, what would you need uh, an expensive, realistic Donaire costume for? Like, what would be the purpose that someone would bid sixteen thousand dollars for it? So, and I'll answer my own question first is, of course, donaires are a popular food item in Atlanta, Canada, especially in Halifax, but I'm sure around the country. Um, so th- there would be like a, a pizza shop or a donaire shop or something. I could see them finding value in buying this costume to use it at a parade or something, but 16 grand is a hell of a lot of money. I think you get a pretty good version of this thing made for 600 bucks if you wanted to. Yeah, you could probably, I mean, I don't want to take away from the skill that it took to make this costume. I mm-hmm. I, I feel like they did too good of a job is my mm-hmm. issue with, mm-hmm. with how they built this. They built it so realistic looking that it's disgusting to look at. <laughs> yeah, it's, true. it's like you found an old, like, it's like you were, it's like the morning, su- Sunday morning, and you're walking in downtown Halifax and you hit Pizza Corner and some drunk lost half of their donaire and left it on the sidewalk next mm. to a puddle of vomit and a bunch of cigarette butts. Like, that's what this donaire looks like. Yeah. And it uh, looks like uh, it's it's also graphic in a, in, a, in a really naughty way. Like, it looks like. Oh, God. Uh, 
Ah, oh, you know just, what I mean. Though? It, it like, does look like the fluids and stuff don't look uh, like it, it looks wet and moist. It looks like a, it looks like a thumbnail on Pornhub or something. Like oh, it just God. it's yeah. disgusting. It's disgusting. Uh, I'm just realizing that we've already referenced a few things that a lot of our international listeners probably have no idea what we're talking about. First of all, what is a doner? It's a type of food that is popular in. I get. I don't know even where it's popular. It's certainly popular here in Halifax. They say Halifax is like the home of the doner. But imagine taking a bunch of. I think it's like beef and pork, and it's like on a spit, so it turns around and slowly cooks. And then when you order a doner, they shave off a but they shave off a bunch of that meat, wrap it up in a pita with a special sweet sauce that's like a milk based sauce called doner sauce. Traditional toppings on it would be hot peppers and onions tomatoes tomatoes a lot of people don't don't believe and myself included don't believe that lettuce has any place on there and that's why in the article they referenced you know should there have been lettuce and it's the kind of food where you would buy it you know after the bar let's say you could maybe get a slice of pizza or a doner so that's what the food is and it's actually really good but it's the kind of thing that you feel like death after you eat it because yeah, and it's whatever. not an attractive food. Like it's no. not like when you see a pizza fresh out of the oven, you know, with fresh ingredients. Like it's it's a visually attractive item that, mm. that when it's placed out, a lot of food is. The donair though is not. The donair already looks digested before <laughs> you even eat it. And it's not like a you can't casually eat a donair. It's not the kind like you could you and I could have a slice of pizza and we could be talking while we're eating our slices of pizza. A donair, you can't necessarily do that. It's there's stuff leaking out. The mm-hmm. pita doesn't quite hold it all together. Like it's an inadequate wrapping. So it's usually wrapped up in tin foil as well. You're getting it all over your hands and your face. Uh, it, it, people like, yeah, you eat a donair, but you kind of make out with it a bit as you're eating it. It's kind yeah, of like yeah. the way that food works. You, one other thing you mentioned that international listeners or people outside of Halifax probably like, what does he mean by? Pizza Corner. You referenced Pizza Corner in Halifax. That's kind of a famous intersection. In the downtown core of Halifax, there's one intersection where on all four or on three of the four corners of that intersection is a different pizza shop. So what would happen when the bars get out? Everybody would kind of gather at Pizza Corner and buy pizza from one of or donairs from one of those three pizza shops yeah you would gather there you'd eat pizza and fight and donairs were there too but yeah certainly i saw some really wild stuff at pizza corner that Mm -hmm. i will not get into right now no no but but long story short they made they should have made this costume more playful i think like it should have been like i don't know what psa they like what they were trying to achieve with it with mm -hmm. a costume like this yeah, um, it's like he, he could have sprinkled a little like kind of cartoon animated some style. Some googly eyes or yeah, something. No, like this a big is a smile. Like it just I looks think the, so real. I think the guy who made it doesn't make costumes. He's like a a food like a, a food photographer for ads, maybe. And they're like, you know, we need someone to make a donair looking costume. Oh, I know this guy who does like photos for ads for food and stuff. Maybe he makes videos of food for, you know, realistic burgers that look even better than the real thing. It like it looks like someone with that background designed this rather than someone who makes kind of fun costumes. Yeah, it's like when you run into a celebrity in real life and maybe they're in their sweatpants uh they got a hood up they got no makeup on they're not under the the dazzling filtered lights of hollywood and you're just seeing what they really look like up close and you're like oh you're you know not quite as glamorous as you are on tv and 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 that's what this donair looks like yeah like it looks like you magnify the donair times a hundred and you're seeing it up close and it's like yeah. oh this is this is really not something I want to ease when I yeah. look at it like that. And I don't want it that big. No. Um, all right. We disagree with the existence of this donair. If anyone finds out who bought it, you know, we'll, we'll cert- we're certainly interested in that. But will we wear it? No. Do we want to have someone on the show in the costume? Certainly not. No. It would be hard for someone to justify a $20,000 drink of milk. You agree with that? Is that a lot of money for a drink of milk? It depends on the milk. 
average milk straight out of the fridge one mouthful out of the carton oh yeah because i'll go spend six dollars on a carton of milk at the corner store right drink, now drink so the whole thing drink that that's average milk but right well a british columbia based real estate agent the fellow's name is mike rose he just paid twenty thousand dollars for one swig of milk straight out of the carton but it's not what it seems the price wasn't necessarily due to the price of food or inflation it wasn't even in the milk the twenty thousand dollars was the result of fines from his industry regulator listen to how this drink of milk cost mike rose the real estate agent 20 grand and i love this one Oh, this is crazy. A BC realtor has been fined $20,000 after he was caught drinking milk straight out of the jug at a home he was showing. A surveillance camera shows Mike Rose in a Kamloops home last July waiting for his clients who were interested in buying the place. He went to the fridge for water, but instead swigged milk from a container, then put it back. The homeowner confronted him and Rose apologized. He later said he was dehydrated due to a new medication and his behavior was out of character. Rose paid a $20,000 fine to the BC Financial Services Authority and another $2,500 for enforcement expenses. Mike Rose, the real estate agent, he's showing a home for his client. The reason I lean on that is Mike Rose wasn't the client, wasn't the real estate agent of the person selling the home. He was bringing his client in who may be interested in buying it. So Mike Rose has no relationship with the owner of the home. Mm -hmm. That's important. I think it is. Yeah. Mike, Mike Rose, while in the house, waiting for his client to show up, he probably walks around, makes sure the lights are on or whatever, decides to then pop the fridge open and take a swig of milk caught on video camera. And his explanation when confronted by the by the homeowner, and I wish we had video of that confrontation. His mm -hmm. his defense is that he was really dehydrated because he had changed his medication. Do you find any flaws in that explanation? Nobody drinks milk when they're dehydrated. And if you were dehydrated, it, it, actually, if he, if he poured them, like let's say he was dehydrated and he opened the milk and poured it in a glass and took a drink of it, I think the homeowner wouldn't be upset by that. I think it's the fact that he opened it and swigged it out of the container. Right from the jug, yeah, that they're going to be then using themselves. Yeah, because he then he takes the swig, he puts the cap back on and sticks it in the fridge. I think that is the issue, not the, the mouthful of milk. It's the fact that- Oh, that's 100% that, the issue, yeah, that, yeah. That's all, that's, that's disgusting. Yeah, and if he had said, I was really thirsty and I needed a drink, I would have been like, you couldn't, well, I wouldn't have said it, but I would have thought like, you didn't just take like a glass of water from the sink or whatever, you wanted a glass of milk, whatever. But yeah, seeing someone swig it out of the container and put it back for me and my kids and wife to drink out of, yeah, I'd be upset by that. Yeah, absolutely, especially after all of us being through a pandemic, you know. Yeah, good not point. the kind like of behavior that that you expect to see after everything we've learned yep. uh, in the past three years. And then a, a part of that industry, like real estate agents coming in your house and poking around, there is a layer of trust there. You don't want them opening the drawers of your, you know, where all your underwear is or, you know, poking around in, in the closets or whatever. You also don't want them like drinking milk straight out of the jug. It's just a part of it. There's the social yeah, agreement. Yeah. Actually, yeah. more more than a social agreement. There's, seeing as he got a twenty thousand dollar fine from his regulator, there's a, you know, a professional agreement as well there. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about this story. Um, okay, so firstly, it reminds me of the story that we covered a few months ago about the contractor who got caught masturbating. Oh yes, in the client's bed. Yeah, so it's it's another story that really highlights that everybody has cameras in their house now. Mm -hmm. And it's there's now such a high percentage of homeowners that have cameras installed in their home because it's so cheap to do that now. The technology allows us that uh to to be easily able to afford to install cameras in every room of the house and mm -hmm. have it directly transmitted to our phones mm -hmm. so you can't do this anymore because we're all guilty of being in somebody's 
his house and maybe taking a cookie out of the cupboard or something and seeing what treats they have, you mm-hmm. know, like we've all, we've all done stuff like that. I don't think I'd drink directly from the milk jug. I'd, I'd pour a glass and then rinse the glass, put it in the dishwasher or whatever. Like, yeah. And, and not tell them about it, but and I not tell them about it. Then no one's going to really freak out over something like that. I would never drink from the jug, but one thing that also deflates his argument of how he was dehydrated is first I said, nobody drinks milk when they're dehydrated. That's the, that's the last thing that you're going to want to drink. If you're thirsty is milk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, when you watch the video closely, he, he opens up the fridge. He takes out the milk. He takes a drink. He puts the milk back in. He closes the door and then quickly opens it back up again and peeks around in the fridge and then closes it because he Uh was looking to see what else was there that Uh he may want to take a drink of as well or (laughs) snack on. So is there anything else worth me grabbing in here Uh while the fridge open? No, no, I'm done. The milk is all I wanted. So you could tell that his motivations were snacking. Um, you know, he may have gone through the cupboards or something to see if there were any cookies around because the cookies would have gone really good with the milk. Oh, man. Um, that could have got interesting. And even if you're not thirsty, milk's not really the thing that I'm going to take drink from somebody's fridge. Like if they had some pop there or some, something sweet, mm. like milk is something I have with dinner at home. Milk is something I have if I, hey, if he was stealing cookies from their cupboard and he's like, I'm going to see if they have some milk now. Uh, that's a different story, mm. but- um, but he just might, he just must love milk because some yeah. people love milk to the point where it's like they drink a ton of it every day. Do you, do you um, think, a, do you think a $20,000 fine is excessive or do you think that's appropriate? Well, that's the other thing that I, having said everything that I've just said about how I find his motivations to be suspect, uh, I don't quite believe him when he's saying that he was dehydrated and that's why he took one swig of milk from the jug. Uh, $20,000 is way too much because mm. the crime that this man did is more humiliating. It's a little gross. I could see a fine 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, maybe, you know, mm. because he, he broke the trust of the homeowners. I'm sure there's legalities when you're a real estate agent that you have to face when, when you, when you break that trust, $20,000 is a crazy amount of money. <laughs> I, I thought the same, but it, it is a pretty big breach of trust, though. Uh, well, but what harm was done? It's just gross. My, my thing is, how long has this man been doing this? Like, I, I just feel like I, I feel like he's an old school real estate agent. And, you know, back in the 70s, when you were selling a house, you would open up the fridge and take a swig and, you know, whatever you were. It was your you were running the show. Oh, yeah. To be one of those, you know orange colored uh jugs in there that you know had kool-aid or tang in it or something or generic yeah. orange drink you know <laughs> like, yeah you take but, a nice big swig of that but you yeah. take the top off first and you drink yeah, from the back exactly. end so you're not drinking from the end that yeah. it blows out on but i think time and technology has caught up with the unethical real estate agent of yesteryear we have video and cameras all over the place. And, everywhere, yeah. Yeah. And not uh, just the real estate agent, like we talked about before a few months ago, the contractor. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you can't masturbate or drink milk in someone's home anymore without their permission yeah. because they They're are probably find out. watching you. They're going to find out. It is embarrassing for Mike Rose to be in the news in this capacity. Um, here's another story that I want to get into that involves claims of embarrassment this how will i set this up so this we all know that the price of food is rising rapidly inflation is real you can blame justin trudeau or blame the pandemic that happened one million years ago it seems or any number of things food is super expensive shockingly so our economy is having trouble it's not surprising that theft of food is on the rise. It's a big problem at grocery stores. In fact, I was at the grocery store yesterday and there was an actual like Halifax regional police officer as a security guard. Like they straight up had a cop working in there. Uh, So different companies and different grocery stores are taking different measures to prevent theft and deter thieves from entering 
their um, their establishments. Um, there's a new story that's going around. CBC did this, and this is with a group of customers of a grocery store claiming that their anti-theft measures have gone a step too far and it's embarrassing them. I'm going to play it for you. I have a feeling this is going to make you laugh. Mark Berry says a recent trip to this grocery store owned by Loblaw was humiliating. He says just before leaving the store, the wheels on his shopping cart suddenly locked. And the alarm started blaring all at the same time. How did that feel? <laughs> Incredibly embarrassing. I got people walking in all of a sudden staring at me like I've stolen something. Barry says he had to show his receipt to prove his innocence and get the wheels unlocked. It left a lasting impression. I don't want to come back to the store anymore. The Retail Council of Canada says retail theft, including organized crime, is on the rise. So stores are beefing up security. However, some anti-theft tactics are sparking customer backlash. Retailers like Loblaw and Walmart have installed more metal gates with entry and exit points. It was just belligerent. Diane Ray says when she tried to leave Walmart on her mobility scooter, she was stopped by an employee at the gate. That meant I wasn't going anywhere, right? Ray says the employee demanded to see her receipt and peppered her with questions before letting her go. I felt humiliated, angry. I, I was angry and I felt like uh, I was being treated un unfairly, un unjustly. That's something that you can make a claim on. This lawyer says retailers can't stop you from leaving a store unless they catch you stealing. If they are blocked from leaving and you haven't done anything wrong, uh, that indicates that they've engaged in uh, potential false imprisonment and that opens them up to a lawsuit. Walmart told CBC News it wants customers to feel accepted and safe and is looking into Ray's case. Loblaw says its security measures are a work in progress and it welcomes customer feedback. And just it locks up, you know, by itself. Barry says he did give Loblaw his feedback on social media, but never heard back. I feel like they found like th like two of the most pedestrian versions of like theft adherent gone too far. I think we've all been to one of those grocery stores or, or Walmarts or whatever, where if you leave the parking lot, like the front wheels of the cart lock, like that's not mm -hmm. something new for this guy to be like embarrassed. I'm not going back. I let them know my feelings on social media, which means he wrote like a nasty tweet to them or something. I, I just, I have no sympathy for that guy. I don't feel like they did anything that would make me not go back to Loblaws. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this yeah. guy definitely overreacted to say he, he was sensitive. humiliated. Like, has nothing ev bad ever happened to this man ever in his life? <laughs> He's just been coasting through, uh, just cruising through every obstacle that life ever put in front of him. He's been handed everything. Nobody's ever said no to him. And then all of a sudden, one day he tries to leave the grocery store and the wheels on his grocery cart lock. And he's like, this never happened to me before. This is humiliating. This, this is what humiliation feels like. <laughs> I am human. And what about the, uh, the lady who... Now, the lady who got asked to show her receipt um, leaving Walmart, it's so obvious to me that we're really hearing one side of that story. Like the mm. owner like wouldn't let her leave and demanded to show her receipt. I bet you if we saw a video of that interaction, um, there's way more to it than that. Because I'm often asked to show my receipt. Like I go to Costco every time I walk out to like, is your receipt? I'm going to show it to them. I've never had to go on the news about it. What's the big deal? I've shown my receipt to anyone who wants to see it. I love showing it. Yes, I'm proud of it. <laughs> um, but I think that those, like of all the types of like theft deterrents, if, you know, this is a major news site, like CBC goes out to do this expose on how far retailers are taking anti-theft. And that is the two stories they come up with. Oh, yeah. man. They did not dig deep enough to find <laughs> an actual story here. <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, but I did enjoy it. I really liked it. This was uh, like a news reporter who like forgot to do their homework and woke yeah, like, up the day that the assignment was due and was like, I got to put something together now. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite parts, uh, it, this th doesn't really come across in the audio, but if you watch the video of that report, they had the guy whose cartwheels locked. They had him like reenacting the cartwheels locking and he mm -hmm. just looks so ridiculous. He's just in a parking lot acting like, you know, it stopped come on yeah yeah he's like one of those aliens from men in black where they're in their human bodies mm -hmm. and they're trying to like be normal in society <laughs> and this guy is trying to figure out how to use a shopping cart and then when the wheels lock he's just so frazzled by so, it well that I, they I, have to cover a news story on it well i wonder how and this often is something i think about is i wonder how that ended up in the news did he like write a nasty tweet to loblaws about the cart locking in a reporter saw it or did he maybe like write a letter to cbc like i just wonder how that story gets raises us to the point of becoming a news item who knows? i think the i think the reporter was just like again needed to put in an assignment of some kind any kind of story because they were late and they just called a random person and said has anything annoying happened to you the past couple days that yeah. you want to talk about on the air <laughs> uh it worked and thanks for the laugh uh whoever put that together that was a good one the next story we're going to talk about is not a good story this is another dark story involving Canada's some of Canada's most vulnerable people getting preyed upon by the the modern day cyber hacker scammer. We've done a lot of stories about senior citizens being separated from their money as a result of weird phone calls and Bitcoin and emails and all this random nonsense. It's happened again. This time it's happened in Saskatoon. A senior citizen is out $10,000 after falling victim to a pretty generic financial scam. Her name's Jeanette Roy, and all the trouble happens when she gets a pop-up on her iPad. Listen to this. For Jeanette Roy, it all started with a flashing alert on her tablet that came with voice instructions. I was being compromised. Do not use any of my electronic devices. And there was a number on the screen to uh, call Apple support. A male voice claiming to be Apple support connected her to what he said was a secure line with her bank's fraud investigator who told her an elaborate lie. I was being hacked by Russian hackers who were trying to uh, access $5,750 from my account to buy child pornography. The fake fraud investigator convinced Roy to take money out of her bank account and deposit it into a supposedly secure Bitcoin account through a machine at a nearby convenience store. By the time she got home and felt something was off, she had lost $10,000. I have never heard anything on the media about the particular situation that I encountered on Tuesday. and. And people need to be aware of that situation. She reported the fraud to police and her bank. In a statement, TD Bank says they would never call you directly and ask for personal information or request you make a financial transaction to help with an investigation. If you feel you're a victim of fraud, call your bank, police, and the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. Police say it's very difficult to investigate fraud involving cryptocurrency. Investigations can be done into cryptocurrency fraud. However, they often lead to wallets located outside of Canada, which then involves outside agencies and makes the investigation that much more challenging to recover the funds. The situation has left a sour taste in Roy's mouth, but she wanted to come forward in the hopes of preventing others from falling victim. You do not trust anyone. You know, you just cannot trust anybody. I apologize for laughing at some parts of that. That's sad. A senior citizen being parted, uh, losing $10,000, a significant amount of money. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's a shit. Like when you hear of a scam like that, I think no one would fall for that. But I'm not realizing that there's a big percentage of our population that maybe aren't online as much as you or I. Yeah, although this one gets so wild and elaborate and just out there you know like like well, the russians trying to buy child pornography and 
and, and get I, the I money and put it in that, yeah and put it in bitcoin like i have to think that most seniors maybe wouldn't fall for this one mm -hmm. yeah they, they like, describe i don't know it. how do you feel about that i feel weird saying that but like no i i agree with you because they describe it as an elaborate scam i don't think it's elaborate because it's not complicated i would call it like an absurd scam mm -hmm. like every every step of the way is just like what like russians are like apple i'm calling apple about the russians who are buying child porn and now i'm talking to my bank on the same like they're transferring me to my bank and i gotta take money out and put it in a a bitcoin machine at like a convenience store in my town yeah i yeah. feel like it's pretty weird and i don't i don't know i i don't think i i I think of my mother, my grandmother, I can't imagine that this would get them. No, no. Like, I don't think it would get most people. This one seems just too bizarre to be real. Even uh, if, you know, you're, you're older. Yeah. You're not as familiar with technology. Maybe you, you are more trusting because 50 years ago, anybody who called on the phone was legitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they said they were calling from your bank, then they were calling from the bank. Um, so I get that. But this one just seems to just be too foolish to be something that anybody should be falling for. Yeah. And, and you're not question, questioning whether or not this is real. Like, I think we both think it's real. I think what you're saying is maybe it's not that big of an issue because 99% of the population, 99.9% .9 of the population would have had red flags. Would have yeah, there's the so red many flags. red flags, no matter who you are, I think, with this one. I hope so. I hope so, too. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to say. Um, I'm what? sure you and I are going to be scammed so many different ways when we're in our 80s, you know. Uh, our late 40s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yesterday. Uh, the, the police are involved talking about doing an investigation. I think when it gets to the point that the money that you take money out of your bank account and put it in like a Bitcoin thing, good luck finding any, like never you, she is never going to see a no. cent of that back. No, no. especially because, you know, when, when the perpetrators are overseas, uh, it opens up a whole other can of worms and makes it near impossible for them to be able to prosecute or capture mm -hmm. any of these people. Yeah. And then by putting it into like Bitcoin, you know, any paper trail regulated banks and all this stuff that is long gone. You're in the wild west. Like your money is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to our final segment of the night. The weird Canadian stories are behind us. I saved something special for the end here. We got kind of a, um, a, a rather eclectic series of voice memos from listeners, from members of the Keep Canada Weird Army, residents of Keep Canada Weird Nation. Uh, and rather than sprinkling it throughout the episode, I save them for the end because it's going to end on a pretty high note. Okay. First thing we're going to do, oddly enough, we heard about DJ Marty McFly earlier this episode, but do you remember there was kind of a copycat musician, DJ Doc Brown, who called in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. DJ Doc Brown called in again. He has some thought. He's been listening. He has some thoughts on the animal uprising. Let's just jump right into it. Okay. Hi, Nighttime Podcast. Uh, this is uh, the former DJ, DJ Doc Brown. Um so I uh, I just wanted to call in because I was listening to your, your most recent episode of Keep Canada Weird. I I uh, heard your listener who wholeheartedly disagreed with your opinions on the uh, Ava James debacle, and I'd just like to weigh in with a disagreement of my own. And uh, this actually is regarding the, the the animal uprising and with its recent events and 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 its longstanding history. I I don't share the same fear that you guys are kind of kind of share on on your podcast i i'm uh i'm a little more at peace with the whole situation you know us humans have been really uh doing animals dirty showing them dirty videos gorillas dirty videos at the zoo and you know just a, disturbing their natural habitats a whole number of things so right now i'm uh i'm currently uh, trying to weave myself a, a, a animal like suit out of fur and and other debris that I'm, I'm finding out here in the woods and uh hopefully i'll just be able to blend in and mask myself as as one of them and won't be any issues with that once once they uh, inevitably uh 
inevitably take over. So yeah, all the best to you too. I'll, I'll send you guys like a fur hat or something and hopefully that'll be enough to help out. But um, yep. Thanks for listening. I think a fur hat's going to make any lick of a difference when push comes to shove. No, no, this is uh this is fairly insulting to uh, the work that you and I have been putting in to raise the alarm bells about the animal uprising. Hmm. Um, I've submitted to the animal overlords from the beginning and dressing up as an animal, not only will you be instantly detected, but also you're, you're insulting them. So normally maybe they'll kill you. Uh, maybe they'll enslave you. Uh, you know, that, that, that could be an option. Maybe they'll leave you alone, but if you insult them by this way, they're going to torture you mm-hmm. and they're going to humiliate you and yeah. you're going to get the worst of it. So I really would not recommend this listener to try and dress up as an animal. This is not the walking dead where if you wear the zombie skin, you can blend in. This is not, this is it's, not, it's not a, a TV show, buddy. Show. This is real yeah. life. This is real. This is a real uprising. You're staring it in the face. Don't spit in that face. Uh, mm-hmm. get down to your knees, submit and, uh, pray. Yeah. It's not the last we hear of the animal uprising. We also hear from Julie who presents a theory as to how this whole thing started. And when I first heard it, I thought, you know, Julie's nuts, but then as it's been, the thought has been kind of marinating in my brain. I don't know. The timeline adds up. Listen to this. Hi, Jordan and handsome Aaron airport. My name is Julie, longtime listener from the United States, Pennsylvania to be exact. And in your latest episode of Keep Canada Weird, you had mentioned about the McDonald's incident with the baby raccoon. And I'm wondering, was that the start of the animal uprising? You know, maybe that raccoon got loose after the incident and went back and told all his buddies, like, hey, you'll never believe what just happened to me. Like, that could have been very, very traumatic for that baby raccoon. So I'm wondering, was that the start of the animal uprising? Interesting. So for listeners new to the show, it's probably been about a year ago now, we covered the story as uh, of a McDonald's restaurant in downtown Ottawa on Rideau Street that was closing down. It was said by many to be the most wild and out of control McDonald's in Canada, if not the world. And one of the kind of cherries on top of the chaos that uh, pours out of that, that McDonald's location was a viral video in which there was a brawl happening inside the restaurant. Someone is filming all these people punching each other. And in the middle of all the chaos, someone reaches in their jacket and pulls out a small baby raccoon and just kind of walks out of frame holding a raccoon. What Julie speculates is that perhaps that could be one of the kind of, or, or perhaps the incident that leads to the situation we're in now. Given the timeline of when that happened in our work on covering this on the show, I think that timeline makes sense. But do you think that is enough to start a war between, I guess, a civil war among living things on Canada, uh, in the world, but with Canada being ground zero? Yeah, I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was the spark that started the fire. Um, but I think it was some gasoline that got added after the fire was already yeah, burning. Pretty good, pretty good gust of wind. Yeah. Yeah. So it fanned the flames. Um, I mean, the, you could sit here for days and days and days listing off millions of reasons that the animals are uprising, you this know, is, for, it, to, that go back thousands of years. Yeah. But this is certainly one. This is certainly one. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a public incident that that would have uh, ruffled some feathers, so to speak. So, but uh, being the initial reason, no, this is this has been building for generations and generations. This is this goes back to 
cave, you know, uh, prehistoric. It goes back to, to the to the dawn of of humanity when we started spearing tigers and uh, you know saber tooth this and that and <laughs> I don't know um, my 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 science may be a little off here but no yeah, I think you really back. understand evolution and all this stuff I think so yeah I got a good grasp on it and and the future too I know it's <laughs> coming. Uh, Julie, great thoughts, great comments. We appreciate your message, but not as much as I appreciate this next message. This is one we've been waiting for for a long time. Aaron, you don't know that this has come in. Somebody no. has sent a message through nighttimepodcast.com slash contact, a message that I knew was coming eventually. I thought it would take us a few more years. Tonight's the night. Tim Horton's corporate got wind of what we've been doing. I don't know if they're scared or what. We heard from them. Listen to what, okay. I don't know. I don't know who this is, but this is corporate Tim Hortons. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. Listen yeah. to us. This is Tim Hortons. Thank you for all the free advertising. We've never had so many new customers come in to try our shitty products. P.S. We will send a check in the mail. That is them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can tell, yeah, and I'm willing to. I, I'm so confident it's them. I'm willing to give my financial information over to them and <laughs> and uh, transfer ten thousand dollars into Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, that came in just the other night. It shocked me to hear from them. Now we we do know of some people, international listeners, mm. that have tried Tim Hortons because they've heard us talking about it on the show. Mm. Uh, but that's more of an experiment kind of just to kind of not because they're super interested in the product only because we talk about it all the time and they just want to know what how terrible it really is and confirm that mm -hmm. uh, um, but they, they say any advertising is good advertising uh, either way i'm happy to hear from them i'm happy to hear from julie i'm happy to hear from lars and i'm happy to hear from uh dj doc, doc brown, brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, other members of Keep Canada Weird Nation, if you have any opinion on any of the stories we covered, if there's something going on in your part of the country we don't know about, it, if there's a food that you want to complain about, if you're interested in trying ketchup chips and you live abroad, go to keep uh, go to nighttimepodcast.com/contact. Let us know. We'll yeah. wait. We'll wait here. Well, we're gonna wait. We're gonna keep recording until we get a new voicemail. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, uh, we will keep recording, but I'm going to uh, at least do our sign off now just because uh, it's going to be a bit of a wait. Anything else you want to say before we go tonight? I just want to thank you for your time and your care and your abilities to to be with me here today to keep Canada weird. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but you're worth it, buddy. A diamond mm. in the rough. Aaron, mm. until next time. Jordan, until next time. Uh, I support your um, your journey to quit smoking. I care about you and your health, and I want you to live forever alongside me so we can carry on this important work. Go through. It's worth the struggle. Yes, and, and Jordan, until next time, after we take down Tim Hortons, we're coming for the tobacco companies. Ha, 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 ha. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird, but let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, make sure you let us know. And if you have any thoughts or opinions on the stories we discussed tonight, we want to hear about that as well. The best way to get in touch with us is via a voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We hope to hear from you. Now, before we part ways here, let me give some thanks. Big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thanks to each and every one of you who listen to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. And on the topic of support, I want to specifically thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Bronwyn, Arnaud, and Kristen, Thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, 
you can help us out in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month and both funds the creation of the show while giving you the episodes two days early, giving them to you ad-free, and giving you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes. If that sounds good, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And even if you can't go premium, you can still help support the show by sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here. And if anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback, or would like to submit a question or comment for an upcoming episode, as I mentioned earlier, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. 